Micro Monday again, the weekly microcast where we get to know members of the Micro.blog community. I'm Jean McDonald, the community manager here at Micro.blog, and on this episode, we have a special return guest, and you know him, he's Manton Reese, um, and he's here to answer your questions about Micro.blog. Hey, Manton, how's it going? Hi, going pretty well. Good to be back on the show. Yeah, good to have you, and... Uh, I'm pretty excited about everything in micro.blog 2.0, and I thought it would be helpful for those who maybe haven't had a chance to check out what's new if you uh, give a little overview of what this release means. Sure. So it's a big release. It updates kind of everything at once, which we've never done before. So new versions of the iOS app, Mac app, web app, site, you know, version of micro.blog. Some of the APIs have been updated. And so just kind of across the board. And so it's a big update. I would say the main focus is a lot of little things. And then there's a few big things. Getting some more features across all the platforms was one of the focuses. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to like manage uploads or edit like pages and things like that in the native apps. Um, multiple accounts on iOS, like the Mac could do multiple accounts, but iOS couldn't. So that's like getting that synced up and then updating the interface on the web, new sidebar interface, a lot easier to access blog settings, just kind of cleaned up a lot of the design. And then one of the big things is renaming favorites to bookmarks and then really adding a bunch of things to bookmarks. So if you subscribe to micro.blog premium, you like the bookmarks when you bookmark something any URLs in the post will be downloaded and archived like the contents of mm-hmm. that that web page so you can read it later you can make highlights and then you can use those highlights as quotes in new blog posts yeah that's very cool and premium um is actually a new name for us as well uh we had a our, our basic plan is $5 a month, but we had a um, second tier plan that includes, we have a second tier plan that includes podcasting and video hosting. That's $10 a month. And we decided to uh, rename that uh, premium and add mm-hmm. this, uh, the new bookmarking, highlighting, uh, expanded abilities to that uh, for those who want that kind of functionality. Yeah. When we started the, the, that plan tier, like it was just for podcasting. So it was kind of easy to say like, you know, there was the basic micro blog account and then plus podcasting if you want that. But then we added like videos and this was like plus podcasting and video. And then we're adding like book. Are you, we can't just keep adding pluses, to, you know, <laughs> plus this feature, plus this feature. So giving it a real name, I think really helps make it clear that there are multiple plans that you can subscribe to. And if the basic one for $5 does everything you need, great. But if you want this extra stuff, you know, whether you need a podcast or, or not, whether you need the bookmark stuff or not, if you need any of those things, then that plan uh, could be good for you. Right. Well, cool. As is our tradition, when you come on the podcast, I ask the community if they have any questions for you. And we got a lot of good questions. So are you ready for this fall 2020 edition of Gene Asks Manton Questions? 
Yep, I'm ready. Okay, well, the first question is from Gabs, and he asks, will more themes or templates be introduced in the near future? Yes. I actually would have loved to include um, a few more with this launch, because it was like, I've been working on this 2.0 stuff for a while, and it just kind of started accumulating more and more <laughs> improvements. And so I would have loved to have it, you know, get a couple of new themes in there too, but that just didn't fit. I'm, I've been working on off and on on a couple new themes that people have suggested. And at some point, like I'll get a couple of those shipped or maybe somebody else will have, have a theme that they want to contribute. But yeah, I would love to have more themes as like the default, you know, default options. Mm-hmm. We have, I think maybe nine or 10, something like that. I'd love to have a few more. And then also now that we have a plugin system, you can have a plugin that is a theme. So I would love to get more themes as plugins. So that, that they don't have to be like built in to the like first experience when you first create an account, mm-hmm. but they could be plugins that you install that add extra themes. Mm-hmm. But there's not like a timeline for that exactly. But I, yeah, I would love to do more themes. More themes, the better. Yeah. You know, we, if we had a hundred themes, like it would, wouldn't be enough, right? right? So right. Although um, we do have pretty powerful uh, customization uh, functions for those who like to tinker, and we do have a lot mm-hmm. of tinkerers in our community. I know that. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, the next question comes from Paul Jacobson, who asks, are there any plans to add a toggle for selective sharing to social services that the site is configured to cross post to? So this comes up quite a bit and there is basic support for this, but it may or may not work like you want it to work. Uh, You know, like some people, so basically you can toggle off cross posting before making a post and the iOS app actually is the easiest to do this because right in the posting screen, mm-hmm. you can click on the little gear icon and you can toggle it off. But when people ask for this, they usually want even more control. Like they want to make a post and say, this goes to Facebook, this goes to Twitter, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And it's a little clunky to do that right now. So it, it's, it's kind of, complicated to do this and also have it work with a lot of different types of blogs mm-hmm. out there. So I think we will do something like that. But to be honest, every time I look at this, it gets like postponed further. <laughs> and, um, but like I said, I do hear from people, you know, often about this. So I think more improvements would be good. It's, I don't know how many people want this, but I think it, w- it would be nice to have it. Personally, I don't, you need this feature. Maybe that's part of the problem where it hasn't been prioritized, but I do hear from people from time to time that would like a little more control over this. And also I think we could do a better job in the interface to explain what is there because you can do some toggling right right now where you, you want to turn off Twitter for a few days and just have it post to your blog. You could do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say this falls into our category of, um, Things that we would like to do, but are uh, complicated as opposed to the category of things we are never going to do. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Because there are some things we will never do. Um, (laughs) Right. So next question is from Bob, and he asks, is there anything on the website's interface that you can't do 
in the official apps? If so, do you plan to bring them to parity? Yeah, that's a great question. And part of 2.0 was getting closer to this. So uh, it used to be the only way to like see files that you've uploaded, like photos and podcasts or whatever was on the web. Mm-hmm. And now you can do that in the Mac app and the iOS app, which is really convenient because you, you might want to upload a bunch of photos and you can see them in a nice grid view and you can even click on them and say like copy like the HTML mm-hmm. like image reference for this photo and paste it in to another blog. So it's a great improvement, I think, on the native apps yes. with Microdoblog 2.0. Um, the few things that are still not in the native apps and they're just on the web are things like, well, like picking a theme, right. uh, customizing a theme, um, some different settings for your blog, like setting a custom domain name, uh, managing plugins. Uh, so there, there's quite a bit that's only on the web, and I honestly do not think that stuff will make it to the native apps. I'm, I'm not going to say never, but like probably not anytime soon, because if you kind of dig into what's on the web, there's just a ton there. And there are, there's not an API for most of that stuff, because it's just the kind of thing that you just manage on the website. So it would be a massive project to move some of that to the native apps. And I just don't really see like how I just don't really see the benefit to some of that stuff being in like, do you really want to manage your, you know, custom theme and HTML Mm -hmm. in the, in the native Mac app, for example, instead of just using Safari or Firefox, you know, on your computer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So some of that stuff will probably, there probably will never be complete parody. I think there will be some things that will always be on the web, but, we'll probably do more. And we did a whole bunch in 2.0. Yeah. It was a much better parody yeah. than it was before. Yeah, I really like uh, the ability, you know, to see, um, I mean, you'd added post editing a little while ago, but being able to see uploads and uh, such and work with those is, is a big uh, convenience. Um, and to tack on to Bob's question, just in case uh, anybody's wondering, is there anything you can do on the apps that you can't do on the web? No, oh, good question. Yeah, there are a couple things. There's some things, mostly about just like kind of the user experience is a little different. Mm-hmm. And it's in some cases, it's easier mm-hmm. in the native apps. Um, one thing that comes to mind is... You know, we talk mostly about people who have their blog hosted on micro.blog because that's kind of the default option and everything's easy that way. But some people want to post to like a WordPress blog instead of a micro.blog hosted blog or an addition. Like some people maybe have a couple blogs and that is something you can only do in the native apps posting to an external blog like that. And, um, Maybe we'll add that on the web. Maybe not. I the original reason for that was just I don't really want to store your like WordPress password, you know, on our servers. Mm-hmm. Like that, it, it just kind of feels better to me to have that like in the you know Mac keychain, like where it's secure and we just don't have to. It doesn't really leave your computer. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll do more of that. Maybe not. But th- that's an example of something that's a pretty big feature that is just in the native apps right now. Okay, good. Uh, next question is from Lisa, and she says, I'd love to hear more about the Teams option. I'm thinking about it for my family. What does it look like from their perspective? Can they just download the iOS app and start using it with the username I give them? Yeah, sort of. I mean, we call it Teams, but really we thought about families a lot for this. Um, personally, 
uh, years ago, we created a family blog, even before micro.blog, created a family blog um, for like posting photos and, and texts and stuff for trips, like family trips and vacations. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And I'd love for people to, to do more of that on micro.blog. So teams, families, um, the way it works is when you upgrade to teams, basically there's a new option in micro.blog that allows you to add multiple people to the blog and they can all write posts. They can all edit posts. They can all upload photos. Um, they can do pretty much everything you can do as the owner of the blog, except some of that more advanced stuff, like managing the, the, uh, you know, custom templates Mm -hmm. and plugins and things like that. Some of that, the actual original person who created the blog needs to manage, but for, um, for all the basics, anyone can do it. So you invite someone, a special interface, you invite someone. If they already have a micro.blog username, great. You just add them and then the blog immediately shows up as an extra blog for them. Uh, if they don't have a micro.blog account yet, um, it will invite them. And when they click to register, it knows this is going to be part of a team, part of a family and it skips the like, do you want to pay $5 a month for your own blog? It just skips that and it puts you right into the family blog. And you could always create a personal blog in addition to that. But but it tries to make it easy for you to invite someone and have them just, you know, all of a sudden now they can post to your mm-hmm. blog. And uh, And maybe say a little bit about the pricing for teams as well. Yeah, so the pricing is $20 a month for unlimited number of users. So the, there's, that's the kind of the three plans that we've settled into is the $5, which you get a whole bunch of stuff. I think it still is a whole lot mm-hmm. there. And then premium, the podcasting video, the bookmark archiving and highlights, and then teams is everything from the other two plans plus multiple people. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'd like to get my family um, doing that as well. We're, we're a bit spread out. As, and it feels more spread out lately since we don't get to uh, hang out <laughs> together. And mm-hmm. uh, right now, our our family blog is basically a thread on iMessages, <laughs> and it's n- not the best way to do stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd love to see more family blogs. And it's also useful for, like, business type kind of blog. Yes. I mean, like podcasts or like we use it for the micro Monday right. blogs. Like you post all the episodes usually, but every once in a while I might need to go in and post something or post a transcript or something. So I can do that right. for the, the news blog, you know, like things like that, where it can be shared between multiple people. It's, it's really handy for yeah, it is. And so our next question is from Paul, uh, another Paul, Paul Robert Lloyd, who asks, are there any plans to spend some time auditing and addressing accessibility issues? I can't speak for the native apps, but a cursory look at the website would suggest there are plenty of quick wins in this regard. Uh, that's a great question. I think this is always something we need to keep working on. And uh, Paul actually had a, contributed to the Sunlit now that it's open source. He had some a lot of good testing and um, some tweaks on that mm-hmm. side. So. Uh, thank you, Paul, for, for helping out. And I mean, I, with accessibility, I tend to like, when I f- notice something, I fix it. Or if someone reports something and, you know, I, I address it or I try to. And 
like what he's saying is more like, is there time to do an actual kind of audit and go through like everything mm -hmm. and figure out what needs to be improved? I think that's a great idea. Um, we haven't prioritized doing that, but I think it is a really good idea. And in, it kind of in the meantime, like when people report, the best thing is for people to report specific problems and then I'll know that that's something that really needs to be fixed. So that that's the best thing, but doing like a more complete audit would be a really good idea and it would accelerate getting some of those things improved. Okay. A uh, question from Vincent, who um, we know as the developer of Gluon, another uh, iOS and Android app for uh, micro.blog users. And Vincent asks, are you already working on an official Android app? <laughs> And it would be good to have a small <laughs> update, as I know lots of folks would like that. Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's kind of funny that he would ask that since he has an Android <laughs> app for micro.blog. Um, so I have actually created a project on Android to experiment with mm -hmm. this, but that's kind of overselling it, just me even saying that, because it's the there is a long way from having an actual app that I'm working on. I would like to have an Android app. I would like to ideally have it be kind of, you know, comparable to the iOS version, although it might start simpler than mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, again, there's no timeline. Don't know when that will happen. I, it would be nice to have a basic app that people could download on Android. They just get started with it. And then if they want to, download a third-party app for more advanced features or different user interface. And that's great too. Yeah. yeah I think the question is just a, another good example of our micro.blog, you know, mission and intention to work well with third-party developers as opposed to mm -hmm. being in competition with them. And uh, yep. we've really enjoyed working with Vincent Uh He's oh, yeah. awesome, and everybody should try Gluon, who is interested in it. And as has been noted this week particularly, um, Gluon has a feature it, that we don't have on the official app, which is the ability to mute words. And mm -hmm. there's maybe some words that you might want to mute during this particular time <laughs> of yeah. the election cycle. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I really think that like, like it's great to hear requests for making our apps better, but I really don't think that our apps need to do everything. They just need to have the basics to get people going and the core features. And like, I, I think it's a really good thing if there are other apps that have more stuff. Yeah. So um, muting is a great example. Another example is a lot of people have asked for like timeline position syncing. Mm -hmm. So for people who like to read every post mm -hmm. in their timeline or mentions, and you know, they want when they come back to the app, they want like the scroll position to be exactly the same as it was, as it loads more uh, posts on top mm -hmm. of it. Um, and so that is not something that's been in the native apps for a while, it's something Vincent has talked about. And so actually, as part of 2.0, uh, Microdoblog 2.0, I did add something to the API for that so that third parties can add that kind of feature. And so it's kind of exciting, actually, that like, it might be that third-party apps are the first to add those to that particular feature. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I think that's a that's a good thing if we have like the basic plumbing, but other apps can do can do extra stuff. 
Yeah, it is just fun to um, have other people working in this field and sharing ideas and also sharing their enthusiasm like Vincent. All right, so we have one last question. It comes from Simon, and he asks, how does the team feel about producing the first press release? And I think I will start answering that one since I wrote the press release. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I feel good about it. I mean, so a press release is a, it's definitely a marketing document, but it is definitely specifically directed to one certain kind of reader, which is uh, the press. So either writers or bloggers or someone, you know, who manages a news site. And the thing about a press release, at least, so I have many years of experience in journalism, or I have, (laughs) in the sense that I was on my school newspaper. So I learned how to write uh, for news articles when I was a teenager. And there is a very specific set of rules for that kind of writing. And a press release should not uh, should should follow those rules because the idea of a press release is that a overworked news editor could say, okay, here's a piece of news, you know, and they just copy and paste it right into their site um, because it reads like a news article rather than like a promotional article. And mm-hmm. that's why you write the headlines a certain way and you you don't use second person. You don't talk directly to the users. You talk about your release as if it is news, which it is news. And yeah. now most reputable or even not so reputable sites will, will forego pasting a press release right into their um, publication and pretend like it's something they wrote. <laughs> but uh, that, the reason we did this press release is that we had a major update. You know, we had a new version and it had a lot of things in it. And a press release is a very good way to sort of distill for those who want, you know, the quick overview, what um, the release is about. And it also, you know, can, can get picked up by, you know, various sites out there and, help people find micro.blog and such. But it also is a good way to for us to clarify, like, you know, what is what is new? Um, mm-hmm. When I used to work at a software company, Smile, where we, we released new, um, you know, updates re- regularly, we always did press releases for them. Um, and I always started with the press releases, my first stop on the marketing uh, campaign because it would give me an opportunity to really clarify the team's thoughts and about what was most important and what we were trying to do with that release. And then that would let me write, say, email blasts or letters to, you know, writers, tech media, whatever. But the press release is kind of a nice starting point. Um, so that's how I feel about it. It's our first one because we have it's the first time we had something in my opinion that was really like you know would really benefit from having uh, an official press mm-hmm. release so 
Yeah. And like you said, there's a lot in there The like having that kind of formal format is really useful. And actually as leading up to the launch, like I posted like, you know, a few blog posts with like little teasers about with screenshots and like basic features. But until the press release, we didn't really have one place that had everything in 2.0. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even the press release can't cover every little thing, but it, it does a better job of with the structure of like showing what's in the release. And then, you know, we can supplement that with help articles and blog posts and things like that. But yeah, I'm glad we did it. I think it was really, really cool to finally have an official yeah. <laughs> press release after, after years of, of not having anything formal. Yeah. Like that. Um, I suppose we could have done one for sunlit and 3.0, but we didn't. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, well, maybe we'll, now that we did this one, maybe we'll do another one at some point in the future, but it's, it's yes, not something we need to do all the time for, cause I mean, micro.blog 2.0 is not the, the end of the road, right? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of other little improvements that uh, get rolled out uh, all the time, really. Yeah. And, but, but I can see there being another, another kind of big update that, or, or maybe like a, I don't know, some new, like maybe comparable to like when we added podcasting, mm-hmm. like something big like that, that takes it in a, in a kind of a new direction. I don't anticipate that happening right. soon. I think we'll be working on just improving what's there, but that could be another yeah. example where a press release would be useful. Yeah. Well, that, those are the questions we got from the community. Um, before we, uh, sign off on this episode, I would like to remind everybody about our big photo challenge that's coming up um, October 13th, 14th. It's a 24-hour global photo challenge. We're, um, and we have over 120 people who have signed up. So that's exciting. Um, because, And also exciting to me is that they're in 14 time zones. So it, it's mm-hmm. pretty global. And the idea is that it's a day in the life of our online community. So uh, on that day, you take a photo, you upload it to micro.blog. I'm sure we'll have some kind of uh, tag when we get there, <laughs> but we'll have a way of collecting them into one album. And to me, it will be like a family album, <laughs> the micro.blog community <laughs> album of what's happening in this 24 hours. And, uh, we were inspired by the, you know, the big projects that were done starting in the eighties with, uh, a day in the life of Australia was the first one. And, uh, where the a hundred photographers were sent all over the country to record something for that day. And people really loved those books when they came out because they, I think because they just show life on a level um, that we don't often get to appreciate, which is, uh, you know, this is what human beings do on a regular day. <laughs> yeah. And even though we're spread out and we're all different kinds of people, we all, um, you know, have something in common, which is daily life. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the idea. I'm really excited about it. And yeah, and the photos can be, they can just be everyday stuff you know it doesn't need to be like the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life like that day it just it can be just kind of boring everyday stuff but taken together i think it's going to be fascinating and just a kind of an amazing snapshot into 
yeah, like you said, people all over the world. And it's also something I think that a lot more people can participate in than some of our other photo challenges. I mean, it's, you can still sign up now and we'll send a reminder, um, when it gets closer and it's, it, yeah, if, if having, if like posting a photo every day for like a month was just like too daunting, like this is just one photo. So like everybody listening to this, I think can participate and the more people we have, I think the, just the more interesting it's going to be. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. It's fun to have a nice, positive, creative, uh, project um, in the, you know, coming up for uh, something, something good to, to focus on. So, yep. <laughs> well, Manton, thank you so much for being here on Micro Monday. So, listeners, if you want to follow Manton on Micro.blog, um, there'll be a link in the show notes or just go to uh, Micro.blog slash Manton. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye.